Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Andrew Carnell from Operation Mobilisation and he's doing this thing called the 2000 Walk, which is a walk from Cairns to Stanthorpe. Uh, to raise money and uh, create awareness about Bible literacy, which is just an amazing story. So uh, let's uh, just welcome Andrew to the show. And firstly, Andrew, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your upbringing. What was your family life like? Where did you grow up? Yeah, good morning, Matt. Um, yeah, I grew up in a small town of Stanthorpe, where we're walking towards, uh, on a property, fruit property. My father was a farmer. We had plums, apricots, tomatoes, apples, pears, just really enjoyed being on the land and in the country. So it was quite a peaceful upbringing uh, in the country, which I, I really enjoyed. And uh, you had a, a bit of a Christian family upbringing. Did that um, stick throughout the uh, high school and university years? Often kids, you know, get a bit wild. What, what was your life like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did have a, I had awesome parents and a great Christian heritage, but um, I'd say at the age of 15 I was probably uh, at a point where I wanted to make my own decisions. I think the big thing was uh, I wanted to fit in and Christianity didn't really help me do that. And so at the age of 15, I started to make my own choices. And um, before too long, I think going to university, going to a college, um, the introduction of uh, alcohol and um, I guess parties and relationships, all of those things became interesting and attractive. And that became my life um, at that point. Um, so yeah, very quickly walked away from my Christian heritage, um, enjoyed it for a while, um, like as, as many people do, yeah. And then tell me, um, what changed? You, you were at, uh, at college, you, you were surrounded by, um, you know, the party lifestyle there. What, what brought a change in your life? I think there was... It, it came to a point maybe after three years where I started to question and uh, I could also see some other Christians in my college where there's something different about them and I knew uh, I knew what was right. I think I knew uh, where fulfillment was and that's when I started asking questions about Jesus and I think at that point um, too I was playing a lot of cricket looking to play uh, professionally and that sort of fell apart, a relationship breakdown and just a lot of things um, started to fall apart and I started to question and started coming back to Jesus and um, in that point found that he was secure and um, yeah, just to, to understand his love at that point as well. Did uh, people notice the change in your life? How did, how did they respond? They did. My, my friends uh, who I'd hung out for years and years noticed a change in my life and, and while respecting the decision that I'd made to follow Jesus, um, yeah, we were different from that point on and they noticed and um, we still kept in touch. Um, but I think there was a real uh, solidarity in my life, a rock that I could build upon in Jesus and the love. Um, it was like a weight off my shoulders, a uh, through forgiveness of of my past that I'd been involved in, a lot of guilt that I'd had. And um, so Jesus had taken that off and I was a lot lighter and there's a, a peace that remained in my life that wasn't dependent on a relationship or success in cricket or, or anything like that. But um, Jesus gave me a purpose and a peace that was truth and that was something I could hold on to. And uh, that was at the core of my being and so therefore very much changed the way I lived and who I was really. Mate, that's awesome. You know, I just think it's such an important thing that you say 
you know, you had that peace because, you know, everyone's looking for peace, you know, everyone's full of stress and worry about money and worried about relationships and, uh, you know, the Bible says Jesus is the Prince of Peace and uh, that's, uh, that's a good testimony that you found peace. Uh, now, let's talk a bit about uh, your life after college. What did you do for your career? Uh, what kind of um, uh, jobs were you pursuing? Yeah, I was a phys ed teacher. That's uh, what I was studying at university. So actually, my first uh, job outside of university was back into my hometown of Stanthorpe. So I went back to teach there for a while. And uh, God really gave me a burden um, for the kids in that school and that they could understand the same peace that I had. And uh, before too long, the opportunity to work as a chaplain in that, that school started. And, um, yeah, I began to work as a chaplain there, which was just an amazing experience to, for me to be able to use my life to share peace. And I found a number of kids, uh, while different, in different scenarios, were also searching. And I was able to introduce them to Jesus and to see the change in their lives. And that was just an amazing experience for me um, in that school. So, yeah, I spent um, another, about five years in Stanthorpe working as a teacher first and then um, as a chaplain. Um, yeah. You know, I just heard recently that chaplains uh, have the best potential to reach Australia. Apparently, if every sporting team had a chaplain in Australia, we could reach 75% of Australia because uh, every chaplain uh, ministers to the people on their team, but then they end up ministering to another 2.5 people because of their family. I don't know who the 0.5 is, but <laughs> but um, you just think of the potential, you know, that, that if every school, every sporting team had a chaplain in Australia, um, we could really reach this, this nation for Christ. And I just uh, can't speak highly enough of people that have been a chaplain or that are, that are doing chaplaincy work. So uh, obviously that was a good foundation for you uh, for uh, what you're doing now. Tell us how you got involved in Operation Mobilisation and what's the uh, the mission of, of OM? Yeah, it was through a friend I got challenged um, about mission. I, but I think going back a few steps, as soon as I came to know Jesus, I wanted to share about Jesus and I wanted other people to really experience what I'd experienced. And I also guess I understood um, the eternal significance of Jesus and his message that, that he's spoken and, and who he is as a person. How we respond to Jesus uh, determines um, eternal destiny. And that was massive for me to really think through that and let that impact my life because uh, my life now changed direction and purpose. And so um, when I started speaking to my friend uh, who was very much involved in mission overseas and he started sharing the needs um, in different countries of people who have never heard about Jesus, they'd never even heard the name of Jesus, um, this impacted my life and I really wanted to make a difference. So I got involved with OM, um, Operation Mobilization, and uh, worked on one of their ships called the Logos 2, which has now uh, moved on to be called the, the Logos Hope, the replacement ship. Um, and they bring knowledge, help and hope to different countries around the world coming to port cities. And so I, I got to experience for 18 months um, a lot of different countries, see a lot of different needs um, from the poor to the rich, um, uh, Muslim countries to Christian countries, just to really experience that and different types of ministry. Um, and uh, that broadened my horizon, gave me a, a greater world view and um, was a real foundation in my life. Um, and so that was a great experience on the ships. And now after coming back to Australia, now I live in Brisbane, um, I work with OM as their state director, promoting mission and um, recruiting for some of these uh, projects as well that are all, all over the world. OM now works in over 100 different countries. 
Mate, before we go on and talk about this 2000 walk, which is uh, I'm excited to, to chat about, I want to talk about something more important. You just mentioned, you know, that, you know, whatever people decide about Jesus will determine their eternal destiny, you know. We can't go on without talking about that, you know. That is, that's the most important message um, I've ever heard and, and uh, I'm sure you've ever heard. If there are people listening now that haven't made that choice uh, to, uh, to follow Jesus in their life, um, and they want to know how to do it. Would you talk to those listeners about how they would do that? Yeah. You know, it's a great privilege, the message of Jesus um, that's impacted my life that, that other people can also experience. And as I share even now and speak the words, I know that he's real and that he is as real for those people as he is for me. And uh, that morning when I cried out to Jesus, um, I just I was really honest, you know. I just said, God, I know the life that I've lived is not pleasing to you, and I don't want to live that life. Uh, accept me, take me, and take the, the sin, all these things that I've done in the past, just take them. And uh, Jesus promises to take our sin, to take our past. And, um, you know, the, the Bible even says, as far as the east is from the west, is as far as he has removed our transgressions. And, and Jesus dying on the cross had took all of those sins. And the, and the beautiful part of the message of Jesus is when he died on the cross, he, three days later, he rose again. And it's new life. And uh, Jesus, um, through the Holy Spirit, is living in us and gives us a new life when we accept him. And... Um, and that's exactly what I've experienced, that peace, that joy, that purpose in life. Not always perfect, but um, that there's a new life awaiting anyone who wants to cry out on the name of Jesus. And uh, he, he loves us and has a future and a plan. And not only that, as you said, an eternal destiny with him, which is what we're created for. And if people want to respond to that right now and, and uh, you know pray a prayer or make a commitment to follow Christ, um, what would you, what would your advice be to them for the next steps to take in their life after making that decision? Yeah, I think it's really important to one uh, to get the scriptures and and read the Bible and see what Jesus has to say. Maybe start in a book like Mark in the Bible. That would be important. Start talking to to, to Jesus and uh, building a relationship. It's about a relationship with a living God that wants to interact with you on your daily basis. And uh, thirdly, I'd just say connect with Christians. Um, if that's in your local church, maybe you've got a Christian friend. Um, yeah, just connect with a Christian that can help you on this journey. And I, I also really would uh, encourage anyone to tell someone that they've made this decision, um, that they can you know, be encouraged and grow in it. Um, so that there'd be some of the things that I'd say, yeah. Mate, that's good. I, I believe that uh, there'll be people that are going, right, I'm going to do those things. That's that's the best news I've ever heard. That's awesome. Uh, I love what you say too, that uh, you um, you asked Jesus to take away your sins and you, and you knew that they were removed from you as far as the east is from the west. I've heard it said uh, that uh, some people say they're not willing to become a Christian because their life's too much of a mess. It's like you don't wash yourself before you get in the shower do you <laughs> you get in the shower to get washed and uh that's what it's like when you come to christ you you, you feel a burden lift off of you You feel this peace coming uh oh, it's just awesome um so let, let's just move on um you've got this crazy idea to walk from Kansas to stanthorpe tell us why you're doing this walk yeah it's really it's interesting i tell a quick story um i went to this uh a church meeting and rather than just sit in these um pews and just wait for the meeting to start, um, 
The guy leading the meeting gave us all these little post-it stamps and said, go and put them up around the walls of the church. And by 20 minutes, um, everyone in the room was doing this, and there was these post-it stamps all over the, the walls, like... Um, yeah, it took us a while to do it. And we'd finished and we sat down and he said, uh, you've just put up um, 2,000 post-it stamps around the wall and each one of them represents a language that doesn't have anything of the scriptures. And right in that moment, it, it sort of struck me to think, as I mentioned earlier in this interview, there's an eternal destiny um, that's changed depending on if people know Jesus. And I thought, these people need to know Jesus, and they've never heard. Um, what difference can my life make in that? And so that was many years ago now, but it's come to a point um, now where I've, I've been talking to a few friends and, and we've arranged a project to walk uh, 2,000 kilometers to raise awareness about the needs of these 2,000 languages. Language groups. I think, to be honest, it's it's really hard for me. I think it's one of the greatest injustices in this world that that um, we um, who have the scriptures, um, yeah, there's still many who who have never heard. And uh, you know, there's over a hundred English translations of the scriptures these days. And so, um, I just want to help raise awareness and advocate for these two thousand language groups. And that's why I'm walking these two thousand kilometres. Well, I've uh, I've seen your stuff on Facebook. I've had a look at your YouTube clips. Um, if people want to track you down and uh, support, uh, what's the best website for them to go to? Yeah, if they go to www.the2000walk.com, um, we've got lots of information there and how they can support the walk and um, see some more information and videos. Um, so, yeah, that's www.the2000walk.com. And what's the plan? Are you going to stop in towns along the way? What, what are the dates and everything? That's right, on there you'll find our route. We go from Cairns to Stanthorpe, um, from Cairns down to Bundaberg along the coast and then inland through Toowoomba and uh, down to Stanthorpe. But yeah, we're having uh, 36 different meetings um, in churches um, and community halls along the way and uh, we just want to share a little bit more about this need and inform people and teach them and, and just really connect with local Christians in these places. So we'll be having meetings, all the details are there on the web. All right, mate. Well, I'm just excited uh, that you're making history. And uh, before the interview, you said something to me that's been rattling around in my head. You, you said, you know, you want to make a, a dent on this life. You want to make history. You want to do something that's going to leave a legacy for the, the next generations to come. Um, tell us what your plan is to, to leave your dent on history. Yeah, I think um, for me, we all want to leave, um, you know, something behind. But for me, I want to... Um, there's many people that have never heard Jesus, and whatever I invest my life in, it wants, I want it to point towards those that have never had a chance to hear about Jesus, to give them that chance. And if my life can do that, then that, I just see that as an absolute privilege uh, that I can do it. It's a privilege to even know Jesus. That's, that's just an amazing experience and reality in my life. And if uh, there are some other people and, and whole language groups that can, can find out about Jesus in some way through my life, that's just an absolute privilege for me. How old are you, mate? 31. 31. Mate, that's a history maker at 31. Just watch this space. Let's see what Andrew's going to do next. So, mate, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I reckon you're a history maker. God bless. Thanks so much, mate. Privilege, mate. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. And also, you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.